When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Mark Stafford, kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. We are going to talk some rugby league now, um, and I hope he doesn't mind me calling him a rugby league nuffy, but that's what he is, and he writes for Sports Freak as well, and he's done an amazing preview of the Rugby League World Cup. His name's Stephen Gallagher, and he joins us now. G'day, Stephen. Hey, Steffi. How are you? Are you all right being called a league nuffy? <laughs> Look, uh, I've been called worse, so uh, yeah, that's, that's absolutely fine. Perfect, perfect. I thought we'd just have a look at sort of the main contenders. We've been, I feel like we've been talking about this for a long time and then the teams were named and we started talking about it again and now the tournament's on our doorstep. It starts this weekend. There's one game in the first week, actually, before we do the whole tournament thing. England, Samoa. Everyone's riding off England because... Is it because we know the Samoan team better than the England team or is it because Samoa are genuinely better? Yeah, like, I mean... Samoa have sort of been like that little brother Pacific Island for a long time now, but they've got such a, a high caliber of, of very good players. I mean, the entire back, back line is pretty much the, the Penrith grand final winning side. And, and you know, we don't follow a lot of Super League here in New Zealand. Um, I know there's a couple of NRL players playing for that England side, but I mean, I wouldn't write off England, especially it's a home tournament. Um, you know, they, they were grand finalists in the 2017 Rugby League World Cup. And I, I really think this game that's going to kick off the the entire tournament on Sunday morning is just really going to set set it up for either side. If England win, we'll, we'll pressure on them to continue to win. But Samoa will definitely be knocking on the door. And um, I know they're favourites getting into the weekend, but um, there's no reason to write England off. Before we look at the big fish, and I'm talking obviously Australia, New Zealand, are there any, every Rugby League World Cup pops up and I see some names pop up for Lebanon or Fiji or, or Greece or something and, the, and they're out of the NRL. Who's, who's some players that we would have heard of that might be popping up into one of these lesser sides? Well, it's, um, it's the, the Greek captain is actually a, a player by the name of Jordan Meads and uh, we might remember Jordan Meads as being the halfbacks of the junior warriors when they won the competition in uh, 2011. Um, he's actually represented Greece about five or six times. And uh, fun fact, rugby league was illegal in Greece up until about three months ago, um, <laughs> which is ridiculous to think about, Steffi. But um, yeah, look, I think, you know, he's, he's about 28, 29 now. He's been playing a bit of rugby union all over the world and a bit of rugby league all over the world. But um, uh, you might see his, his face pop up for Greece. Um, you know, he's, he, he's, uh, one of the, the players that we might recognise. Um, Fiji as well. We've got a young guy by the name of Asunia Turuba and he is just the next cab off the rank in terms of uh, Fijian players that are about to crack the NRL. Um, 
he, he plays for the uh, New South Wales Cup side for Penrith, and obviously they had an incredible amount of success this year. And he made his uh, international debut earlier this year, two tries, 252 metres. Um, he's, a, he's a fantastic player. And um, there's, this, there's this young fella too uh, playing uh, in the Italian side by the name of Jake uh, Mason. Uh, he plays in the Queensland Cup. Uh, he's a little bit of a, a pretty good centre. Uh, he's good at uh, scoring, a, scoring a try, breaking a few tackles, but he just loves the physicality as well. So um, he's not a well-known name, and he's, um, but, you know, getting on the international stage will give him some great exposure. And, um, you know, Italy has got a, a pretty tough draw where they sit on the same same pool as Australia. But, um, you know, if, if he has a, has a good game, then it could be him, you know, winding up in the NRL for a side next year somewhere. What about Tonga? They've made some big announcements and big statements uh, over the last few years uh, on the back of principally Jason Tomololo being the the Pied Piper of players going back to play for Pacific uh, Nations. What are, what are Tonga going to present this World Cup? Yeah, look, I think there's a lot of pressure on Tonga to sort of live up to those 2017 expectations. And like you said, you know, that the way that uh, Tomalula was a driving force for a lot of other um, Tongan players to, you know, skip out on playing for the Kiwis or, or representing Australia and um, returning to their uh, nation of heritage to play international football is just a, a great thing for the game. It's only going to make it stronger. But I, I really, I really think that Tonga have a lot of pressure on them, and you know, the Kiwis have dusted them quite easily early on at Mount Smart Stadium this year, and I really think that they, they're not going to be. Like, yes, they'll be very competitive. They'll be very good. Um, you know, they play Papua New Guinea in the first first round. But um, I don't know if they're going to live up to those same heights. It's always tough when you take Tongan players and you take them over to somewhere as bloody cold as England. But, um, yeah, I, look, I think they'll be there or thereabouts. I just don't know if they've got that sort of killer instinct that sort of saw that sort of fairy tale story go go all the way into the semifinals last year against England or last tournament against England. So we're left with Australia and New Zealand and um, putting my bookmaking hat on, I, I used to run through the teams and, and look for the strengths and look for the weaknesses. And, geez, they just match up so well. It's hard to find a weakness in any side. And that's a, that's a good thing about um, these two teams is that, like, they're, they're very much in form. You know, like, we haven't seen Australia play an international fixture since 2019 and that was the last game they played with a loss and it was against Tonga. Um so it's it's hard to really know how they're going to gel as a side. You know they haven't had a they haven't had a warm up game at all. You know I mean the Kiwis played Leeds and it was a seventy four nil drubbing. But um, look, there's a lot of talent. I, you know there's thirteen uncapped players for that Australian side, and that includes the vice captain Isaiah Yao, who's you know won a couple of premierships since the last time the Kangaroos took on an international game and. It's, it's interesting to see just how informed the Kiwis are. I, I would probably go to far, as far to say that this is probably the best informed Kiwi side we've ever put together for a tournament. I know that uh, the 2015 Anzac uh, Test match uh, in Brisbane uh, against Australia where we won 34-16 or something like that, where we absolutely carved them up, was probably one of our, our better sides. But for an entire tournament, this is definitely our um, a very good-looking side for the Kiwis. And there's a lot to be excited about and... Um, Hopefully that they um, they go the the whole way, but they do come up against Australia in the in the semi-finals, which is uh, tough for for both sides. And um, I mean, nothing short of a final is, is pretty much the expectation for either of those two teams. So um, yeah, it'd be tough. It'd be tough to see those two play square off in the semis. But um, 
just just the way the draw goes, I suppose. And I, I think obviously they want to be a little bit more friendlier to the English and try to get them in, into a home final uh, on home soil. But um, yeah, it'll be tough. Yeah, really tough for the Kiwis, but they look really great. I'm impressed by what I've seen. Everyone is just a, a, a very good player, and um, they'll match it against Australia. I have no doubt about that when they meet, when they meet up with them. What do we make of that warm-up game against Leeds? Because I was really excited for it because Leeds were the in the grand final of the Pinnacle event in Super League up there in the UK. And I watched it and I went, really, you're the second best team? I did temper that with it was two weeks previous and they probably had a had a week re, you know, rehydrating and then thought, God, we've got to play the Kiwis. <laughs> and, and not a lot in it for them. But I like 74 points to nil. Um do we just put do we just put a line through that and just go it was just a hit out that Leeds weren't that interested in? Yeah, and, and I think it's the one the one tough thing about the Kiwis is that we've got a very soft draw, you know, like we've we've got some very soft teams in our pool that will we'll definitely coast through. But I think the most important thing about that Leeds game was the nil part. Like, you know, we've seen the Kiwis years gone by that we just happy to score the points, but they'll also also concede, you know, ten, twenty against those sorts of sides. But um Keeping them to nil, I think, is a really important thing. And, you know, Madge McGuire walking away with that, knowing that the attack is fine and the defence is fine. So as long as they can sort of go into the tournament and, and keep working on that and keep building on that and, and work those combinations out. But, look, I think that really that Leeds game was just a great send-off for uh, Thomas Lulaway. You know, 20 years, career, um, gets to do it with ease and, you know, gets to put on that black jersey one more time, so good on him. But um, other than that, yeah, 74 nil. there's not too much to take away from that game, is there? No, there wasn't. Um, who, who are the crucial performances for the Kiwis? Like, we we constantly hear this word, the spine. I've looked at Aussie's spine. I've looked at our spine. They're both amazing. Um, captaincies, amazing. So there's going to have to be some something special, though, for us to get over the top of the likes of Australia, England, if we met them, whoever. Who 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 really needs to carry this team on their back or, or take them to the promised land? Oh, it's hard to go past uh, the Sydney Roosters' uh, Joseph Manu. Um, he is just brilliant. We saw that in the Tonga mid-season test where he ran over 400 metres. And every time he gets involved, something happens. And it's at the club level, at the international level. And he also gets to play fullback, right? This is this is the thing. He doesn't get much time in club to play in the number one jersey with Tedesco being there. But he is just phenomenal. He's, I would probably go to far as say he's the best player in the competition right now. Um, he is just dynamic. He's got a lot of footy IQ. He's a smart player. Uh, he's a dominant player. And the more times he touches the ball, the more likely the Kiwis are going to come away with a better outcome, whether it's a repeat set or, you know, just getting off our own line. He's just such a, he's got such an emphatic running style that he always makes meters. Doesn't matter who's in front of him. He doesn't back down in those competitions. He's just always in their face. And he's just an ultra competitor as well. And, you know, playing for a side like the Sydney Roosters, they are always, you know, always wanting to, get to the final. They always want to win the premiership and he's won a couple of premierships as well. So I'd like to see Joey Manu really just stamp his mark on the game and, and show what sort of player he can be in that in that number one jersey and, and hopefully for him it sets himself up for a career in the NRL in the fullback somewhere somewhere else, you know. Obviously Redcliffe are one point something in the hole because they don't have any marquee players. He could definitely be the next person to, to go there and, and sort of be the face of that club. But it's um for me, it's got to be Joey Manu. Just in, you know, last World Cup we sort of had um, 
Roger Flew after Sheik and, and all that sort of stuff. But like I think Joey Munn is more a, a better player than Roger. I think he's more suited to the game now. Um, and he's only getting better too. And he's only about 24 years old. That's mm-hmm. a scary thing. He's got an unprecedented ceiling of achievement to go with in his career. And this is only the beginning for him. Could be the next All Black second 5'8", Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, you know, just playing 10 minutes off the bench here and there's not a bad gig, is it? <laughs> Doesn't take a toll on your body, I'll give you the tip. Hey, um, rugby league still, I, I just want to leave, I, I didn't plan to ask you about this, uh, we'll leave the Rugby League World Cup. Desi Hasler and, and what's going on yep. with him this week. Um, he's he, He's been in rugby league his whole life. It's got messy uh, with Manly. Do we see Des mm. Hasler pop up again somewhere in the NRL? Do we see him having a, a little bit of a break and maybe pops up in Super League? What's the future look like for Des Hasler? He's a good coach. I really rate Des Hasler's coaching ability. There's nothing wrong with the ability. Uh, politics has obviously had a lot to say in the downfall of Des Hasler and the fact that, you know, when the whole Pride Gate cycle was going on, Des Hasler and, and Daly Cherry Evans, the captain of the Manly Seagulls, were the only two people to front the media. It wasn't the wasn't the owners, wasn't the board, and I have a lot of admiration for Des for doing that. And he was hung out to dry in that instance as well. He might take a year. I mean, I'm sure he's getting paid out something ridiculous, so he'll be you know earning good coin just to figure out his future. But he's definitely still, you know, he's only one of the few coaches in the NRL that's actually won multiple premierships. So that obviously shows he's got the talent. It might take him a year or so to sort of find something else, but I think he'd be wasted in Super League. And if he went over there, um, it probably wouldn't be the challenge he's after. But, I, you know, I, I think there's definitely space for him in the NRL and, and we've seen what sort of coaching rigmarole has gone on over the last couple of years with coaches being sacked here, there and everywhere. I, I definitely still think there's space for Des Hasler in the NRL. Yeah, he probably only needs to wait eight or nine weeks into next season and there's going to be a vacancy somewhere, you'd imagine? Oh, well, there could be, you know, there could be a, a vacancy uh, in about four or five of those teams. You know, you know, the Gold Coast Titans and the Newcastle Knights, they're, they're under a lot of pressure to succeed um, and, you know, you could easily see Des Hasler filling in somewhere there too. So, Look, um, if he plays his cards right, you'll get you'll get you know the rest of the year to just relax and and you know sip some coffees on on the, the front deck at home. But until then, you know I think that, that won't take long for the, the phone calls to start coming through for him. Yeah, he'll end up as a director of coaching or a head of football in a club, and then the following year he'll be the head coach. That's that seems to be the path, doesn't it? Yeah, with 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 your Phil Gould or Tim Sheens, I'm sure there's you know he's very similar to those two players, uh, those two coaches, and he's he's definitely there or thereabouts. And I, I think it would be a great loss if we didn't see him coach again in the NRL. Brilliant, Stephen. Really appreciate your time and your insight. I can only imagine your heart palpitations as we get towards this rugby league World Cup. It's designed for people like you. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Look, I, um, I'm sacrificing a lot of sleep over the next uh, month, but um, it'll all be worth it if New Zealand bring home the trophy, that's for sure. Brilliant, Stephen. Cheers, buddy. Enjoy. Thank you. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.